0: Coming up as the Brooklyn Nets continue their summer league journey, David Duke Jr. reinserts himself into the conversation of being deserving of being a part of the rebuild in Brooklyn. We talk about his game, the continued success for rookie Jalen Wilson and some other news and notes around the NBA summer league at large. I'll up next. You are locked on Nets. Your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, you are locked on Nets. Your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends. It's the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Every single day over there, you're going to find Doug Nori; He's the owner-operator of DFSR for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrecht breaking down your New Jersey Devils on the Devil's Puck Luck podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free on all those platforms. And Doug, we kind of got the first couple of games out of the way for Summer League for the Brooklyn Nets. It's got really good returns on Jalen Wilson. And in a lot of ways, I thought, all right, we're probably all set. And then David Duke Jr., third game in a row, making some plays, showing off what maybe he's deserving of with the Nets. Yeah,
1: look, David Duke Jr. comes into this summer league without a contract. Uh, they did not offer him the two-way. He has been on record as saying he was surprised by that. I was. I always appreciate the candor where these guys just say that like, oh, I was surprised also <laughs> that I did not get that contract. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, we talked about this briefly in the last episode, but we'll get into it more today where it's like one of these things. The Nets do have another two-way contract to offer. Who's it going to be for? Is he part of the future going forward? he's definitely for another summer league and we know what he's done in the G league showed that this level he can handle fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're talking about two way contracts, like we are with David Duke jr. That kind of maybe is just the whole thing, right? It's like, are you going to be an NBA star? No. But are you able to sort of dominate these levels, the summer league, the G league? I, I, at some point, that's really all you can ask for because those are the, the stepping stones to the league even if we know what your deficiencies are and once again in this game uh, against the bucks he kind of just showed out one more time and, and you have to think that like we might be on the brink of him just getting another one of these contracts and being part of at least the deep end of the bench going into the season
0: yeah i, I wonder that's the other part that i wonder too as you mentioned no contract form so now has he shown you anything it's like twofold Nothing to me looks dramatically different than what we've seen from David Duke Jr. in summer leagues past and even at the sample at the NBA level. So it's not like he's showing me something new that makes me feel like the Nets would feel differently about him. Maybe this does help influence them. But then the other thing without having a contract, it's also a showcase opportunity for him. Do you think that another team looks at David Duke Jr. as valuable now or more, you know, some level of value off of what he's doing in these three games
1: yeah, they mentioned this in the broadcast, and I thought the announcing
0: yeah. team for this game did did
1: excellent. They were excellent. Um, I mean, it's definitely compared to the last Short game. Remember- contrast. Oh, star contract, really deeply knowledgeable. Corey Alexander was the color guy on it. And the, and just has like deep knowledge, and deep connections and everything. And, and they did mention this on the on the broadcast to say like, you know, mm-hmm. there was some chance that either the nets were going, like they thought like the nets might just sit him out the next couple of games because they were going to just, or the next game because they were going to maybe just save it and bring him a contract or that they were letting him sort of go out there and put on a show because they were just maybe trying to help him catch on somewhere else. Right. Like, um, right. And I thought that was interesting to sort of bring up those two possibilities. I don't know what the plan is here. I will say this, I, like to, to kind of go back to what your question, what I think at the beginning was, was has he shown you enough? I think that when it comes to two-way contracts and it comes to guys like this, I actually don't know what else they can show you because everyone here right. at Summer League is competing for these contracts. It's not like two-way contracts. Guys on two ways are often these superstars in the making or whatever, right? They're role players. They're sort of end to bench guys. Maybe they're a little on the younger side and you're hoping to maybe develop them and they become something else. Like the thought where there's just this treasure trove of elite NBA <laughs> talent waiting to sign two way contracts yeah. is not correct. Right. So at that point, like, literally what else can you ask these guys to do? By the way, yeah. they have a guy on a two way in Raycon gray who's done like nothing. <laughs> So, I, like, now, <laughs> I, he's got the contract already, so they're not going to give it up. But right, at that yeah. point with David Duke Jr., yeah, I do think he's deserving of it. Like, I don't know what else he really could have done. Or actually, I don't even know, honestly, what else the test would be. Because I don't know right. if there's anyone else on the team here that's shown as much as him. And so at that point, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't they do it?
0: Yeah, I, I, that's I, I you mentioned the point, too, just about whatever his ceiling's is going to be for the Brooklyn Nets or any other team. I think that's how you end up... Even when he shows up like this in these games, even if he shows up in an NBA game, I think you still filter through the idea of there is a ceiling to his skill set and what he can accomplish, at least what he's shown so far. The other players, like relative to the other players then for the Brooklyn Nets, how would you look at this and say that Kennedy Chandler, okay, so David Duke Jr. is more deserving maybe of a roster spot or an opportunity with the Nets than Kennedy Chandler. Like, how do you mark him up against those guys then?
1: yeah it's tough i you know there's a there's a world where you say to yourself look d- d- with kennedy Ch- and he's been good too so it's really it, it does think to kind of have to say like oh pick one of these guys i these are huge career making things these are huge di- massive differences just in money right to like get the even the two-way compared to no two-way is oh a yeah. significant financial and just safety consideration so i i sometimes don't like being on the side of this I, it's hard for me to sort of delineate between these two guys. I think they both really good. I I would say from this team, it, it would be between these two. I don't think Armani Brooks no. uh, is on that group, and I think I, no one on the bench has shown you a single thing. So and 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 the Nets, yeah. by the way, really kind of went into the summer league much like they went into last time and said, "Hey, here's our five to six. Here's our five to seven guys. No one else is really in consideration here, right? And we're looking for it when it comes to Chandler and Duke." I mean, if I probably had to pick, I probably would go Kennedy Chandler, but it's, I
0: wouldn't feel great about it. Well, and God, you know, the assumption should be that, and not only, I don't mean about what the Nets are better off doing. The assumption would be that Kennedy Chandler would be the choice because you didn't give the contract to David Duke Jr., because yeah. he's been with your organization now for year number three, right? If, if David Duke Jr., even developmentally, was signaling certain things to the Nets, at least coaching staff then I would lean that way. But everything about this seems like we brought in, by the way, guys like Dennis Smith Jr., when you bring him in in free agency, right? When you look at their roster now, it just does feel like David Duke Jr. is on the outside looking in, and then is also on the outside of being considered to be looking in. So it's unfortunate for David Duke Jr. Hopefully it turns into something for him, but I just don't I – can't, I can't see them bringing him in. I don't know who they're going to put yeah. in that last spot, but I doubt that it's David Duke Jr., Coming up here in a second, um, we'll talk about Jalen Wilson, who continues to be successful in Summer League, continues to be working towards already having that two-way contract. Potentially, Doug we will ask the question, is he deserving of rotation minutes with the Brooklyn Nets? Coming up next. All right, before we get to that, tell you about our good friends over at
1: Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs just make you look good. This one is very easy. Bird Dogs, I'm wearing them right now. They are easily the most comfortable shorts I've ever had. They get the stretch khaki, designed to fit slimmer. It's going to go through the thigh. It's going to give you that thigh, a sculpted look. They just fit better than regular shorts. Forget that stiff cotton. These babies stretch. Give you that slimmer fit. Not going to have to sacrifice movement since the day they came in the mail, which I think was about two months ago. I should obviously just mark it on my calendar as the day my shorts game changed. That I have barely taken the bird dogs off. Adam can witness this. Adam's got them on too right now. We're rocking the Yeti tumblers here going on the screen. If you can see them up right now, bird dogs is just going to give you everything you need in a short. Once you put on bird dogs, I guarantee you're not going to wear other shorts. It's just that easy. You throw in the free tumbler too. With the purchase and away you go. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or go to birddogs and enter the promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. That's birddogs.com slash locked on or promo code locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler.
0: You won't take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Okay, so the other story and probably the biggest story for the Brooklyn Nets coming out of Summer League then has been Jalen Wilson. He continued in game number three, Doug, just a, a run of consistent performances. It's not maybe in contrast to David Duke Jr., these games where you feel like he's taking over and absolutely dominating or at least trying to, as <laughs> I think DDJ is trying to prove something. But for Jalen Wilson, another 4-6, or 3-4 or four from deep, gets to the line, eight rebounds, five assists. Complete lines, I think, were the other theme when we talked about... Uh, Kennedy Chandler as well over these few games. Jalen Wilson, I'm going to find it hard by the end of Summer League, Doug, to not get over my skis on Jalen Wilson and say that I would expect him more likely to be on the bench for Brooklyn than to be on the two-way coming and going. Like, I think he's far closer to making that initial roster run than having to continue to prove himself on Long Island. Uh, you love the consistency, I for sure. Yeah. I like, basically,
1: since the beginning of this thing, first game 17 and 5, second game, he went ahead in front of me 18 and 8. And then, thir- uh, this game against the Bucks, he went 14 and 8. Summer League is not so easy for guys who aren't like significant on ball creators just to start, right? Like, it's just you're always going to be a little bit behind unless you're just going to be the center point of an offense because look, these guys are fighting for their lives. And the ball's coming up in the guards' hands. And even with team ball, and I think the Nets did a pretty good job with this over the course of Summer League, um, it's going to be tough. This is a compliment for Jalen Wilson because with that, maybe just make being a little hard out of the gate in the opportunities that he's had. He only even took six, six shots this game, three from four from three. The whole The whole dream on this guy is that he's going to be able to rebound okay, hold up mm-hmm. on defense in a switch heavy uh, scheme and hit threes right and even cam Johnson was uh, interviewed during the game and they were asking him about uh, you know what he'd been impressed with and he was the first guy he said he calls him Jay will he was yep. the first guy that he mentioned has just had shot the lights out of the ball uh, in summer League if you were hoping for just some stability around the perimeter and like the requisite size to be able to at least bang bodies with like natural fours in the NBA, I think Jalen Wilson has shown you that. And so I yeah. don't know. I actually don't even know what else he really could have done based on the draft slot, based on sort of what you knew going in about him. The ex, he's, a, I'd say he probably even exceeded expectations in this based on what position he has, knowing that there's other guys that are going to be a lot of on ball, probably trigger happy with shooting. Mm-hmm. And he's still kind of made the most of every opportunity. It's been really impressive.
0: Uh, I'm going to leave that there as far as describing what Jalen Wilson has done. Let's turn our attention then to the roster because I agree with you 100. Like, he's clearly been a standout, and ideally, like, okay, go look at the depth chart now for the Brooklyn Nets. You have your starting five. Let's just leave Dorian Finney-Smith in there. Royce O'Neal is a part of this team for now. You only get to 10 players, including Ben Simmons, before you can just say like, okay, who's it going to be? Who are the other guys that are coming? You would put it out and just fun labeled as all too early minutes breakdowns yeah. um, for the Brooklyn Nets, right? Is Jalen Wilson making a case? Because when I when you look at the depth on this team, it's not hard to look behind the front court there and say Lonnie Walker, Royce O'Neal's in the mix there, and then you're kind of open and playing up to the four. Dorian Finney-Smith, Clowney. I don't know. He's not, he's not going to be up here. He's going to be in the G League. So it's Dayron Sharp. Like there's going to be a lot of smaller log jam and a lot more open front court minutes. No. I think to start of the season, he's not going to play.
1: But, but yeah. what I, but what I do think, what this has shown you, and we'll see what happens in the G League because I think he's going to start there. What this has shown you is that the, there's going to be some hope that down the line, when you eventually probably move off of Royce O'Neal and or Dorian Finney-Smith, which I think probably both could happen this season, right? Yep. You know, we know they've been on the trading block. We know that maybe the asking price is high. Maybe we get into the trade deadline. And these are some of the guys that are just on their way out, right? Like this, Mm -hmm. this is, this is not even like some crazy scenario. It's there's (laughs) worlds where they could have already been traded. I think what Jalen Wilson has shown you is that there's probably at least some depth there going forward into this season and next where hopefully he's going to be able to maybe take some of those minutes once they move. I think, I think that to start the season, no, he's not going to play. They, they still have, they're, they're pretty deep now. I mean, they're not, their ceiling isn't amazing, and like the top end of talent is just okay. But again, you know, assuming if Ben Simmons is like healthy-ish, and we'll do an episode on Ben Simmons here because there's been plenty of talk about him. But um, oh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, like even just if if Simmons and Royce o'neill were all coming off the bench, let's say, and that's a lot of minutes. Then you throw in Walker and DSJ, like there just are in Cam Thomas, there are guys ahead of him. So I just yeah. think it's more for the future for the next couple years. It's like hey. Not the answer now, but once we move on from these sort of old, slightly older guys who we maybe going to get value from, Jalen Wilson might be a stopgap there. And I think that's, again, for a second
0: rounder, you you have to start feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, by the way, the other thing I was going to bring up is whatever the, the iterations of the team has been, Sean Marks has always been at his best in these type of opportunities, right? Finding yeah. talent in the draft, maybe that looks like it's not worth the risk, or it's a low buy, potential high value, or getting guys off the scrap heap. So I think that's a part of the looking at this G league and a guy like Jalen Wilson is saying you've at least cobbled together two or three better options at whatever point of depth on this roster than you were, than you had previously, right? Like we prefer they get bigger players prefer. They get a five or another power forward, but to have improved the backcourt like that. And then in theory, have a second round guy that's going to fill in this little niche for you when needed. What else could be expected after everything that happened this past season for the Nets. I know it's, it's almost like a soliloquy about how I think they're doing a good job, but it's impressive. Like, and Jalen Wilson can actually move the needle on that. Well, the whole the whole goal, I mean, this year,
1: we knew this was going to be sort of like a gap year, right? In, in really yeah. every sense of the word. Like, this is, it's, they're not really, they can't, they're not competing for the championship, but they don't have their, they don't have their draft picks, right? It's like the very definition of a gap. It's a very in-between year where they kind of have to, sort of figure out this way to probably stay relevant while also understanding that it's going to be about player development and the go- the goalposts have just changed here. Right. And so it's, 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 a weird spot to be in, frankly, it's a, it's an unenviable spot for marks. now they got themselves into this spot, but like the spot they're in now <laughs> right. is, is, is not, is not great because again, it's like, you're not good enough to be great, but you can't be bad enough to be bad. And so at that point, you kind of do need some NBA guys. And if you're like, "Oh, Clowny's super raw," and we're not sure where the right head is going to land on the health scale here, mm-hmm. then like, Jalen Wilson is kind of like, "It's like, hey, we got something out of the draft too, right?" I think it yeah. represents. I think it represents another idea around having done, possibly done pretty well in the draft. Look, it's three summer league games. Like who knows? But again, as with David Duke Jr. Right, He showed you as much as he could possibly show you. Like they really, I don't, I'm not sure how much more he
0: could have shown you in summer league. And by the way, excuse me, by the way, uh, someone not corrected me, but I said, ah, you know, what else do you want? Sean Marks moves off of two bad contracts this off season. Very quickly, someone's ready to swoop in and said, yeah, a contract that you never should have given to Patty Mills. Some of the circumstances Correct. where Sean yes. Marks gets to now rise from the ashes is predicated on a fire that he started in a lot of ways. Totally. Up here in a second.
1: Like, yeah, Oh, sorry, go ahead. We can get
0: to it after the break. But yeah, that
1: was basically yeah. what I was saying. It was like, this isn't just, he's not the savior here. These were self-inflicted. <laughs> right. These were self-inflicted
0: wounds to some degree, but like, um, but I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Coming up here in a second, we'll dive in on just a little bit of a broader look on the NBA summer league at large. Has anyone surprised? And as we said, we keep our eye on anyone that could have gone around 21 and 22 to see what the benchmarks will be for the young talent in Brooklyn. We get into that next. Before we get to that, the show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, these days you
1: got a lot going on in your life. You got the family, you have work, you have just things that you're trying to think about, you have just a lot of responsibilities. It might be time to give therapy a try. Even if you've just benefited from therapy in the past and want to get back into it, this is where better help can really help you dial it in. Like I said, career, relationships, just staying connected to what you really want through life and trying to figure out how to navigate through life with confidence and excitement. This is where BetterHelp can really, really help you start. If you're thinking of starting therapy, just give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You're going to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists therapist anytime for no additional charge. They're going to make sure that you find someone that works for you. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. It's BetterHelp.com slash MBA today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMBA.
0: All right, so we close out the show after updating the what could be an interesting situation with David Duke Jr. going forward, the impressive performance of Jalen Wilson over the course of the summer league. But summer league as a whole, what have you enjoyed, Doug? I mean you've obviously caught Wembin Yam at some point here. Are you just are you who someone who would who enjoys the G League, Summer League? You want NBA action games that really matter. Yeah, I've been joking around about uh, about
1: just like, you know, what summer league actually matters and stuff like just having fun because yeah. the Nets games, whatever, just having fun with it. No, but in general, look, this was a draft. Every draft is cool because, you know, a lot of the top end talent, even when you're unsure about it, um, is still going to is still top end talent, right? There's ra- mm-hmm. rarely a year that goes by where at least the guys at the top of the draft aren't exciting this year. Obviously, with Gwen it's about as exciting as it gets. Scoot 2, Brandon Miller, the Thompson Twins. Like, There's a lot of guys coming in here. Keontae George has looked really good. A lot of this draft, especially guys, and I mentioned Keontae George, but a lot of guys that even we thought, you know, if the Nets were thinking about drafting up, or guys like Cam Whitmore that they might slip to them, there's been a lot to like about this. And it hasn't all come from the Nets side. And part of that stems from the teams that have great summer league rosters are the teams that have been pretty bad <laughs> for the last couple of years <laughs> because they're just chocked full of lottery picks. And that's just sort of how it goes or like, OKC, where they're still playing guys like Jalen Williams. And it's like a little confusing why, but in general, I would say this summer league has been really pretty cool. And even though Wembanyama I don't want to call it disappointing because that's really not correct, but it was almost going to be impossible to ever live up to the hype right. in any circumstance. So I, I I'm not, this is not throwing any shade at him at all, but it's like, it looked a little funky for the last, first couple of games. It is very cool. And I'll go into a few more of these guys if you want to in a second, mm-hmm. but like the, it's very cool what the NBA has figured out for as much as people want to complain about, Oh, this in season tournament and all this stuff about what the NBA does. The NBA has figured out a lot of this stuff about how to keep people really engaged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even when things don't matter at all, like the summer league doesn't matter at all (laughs) it doesn't it it doesn't count for anything it's just glorified exhibition the basketball is not even that great and or with that it's still crazy engaging because the nba has done really good about sort of marketing some of these personalities and hyping up Mm -hmm. the chances to see some of these guys for the first time so for me tuning in I mean, I've probably I've watched every single night, I think, at least one game. Um, and with the guy with the big guys that are playing, I've tried to watch almost all of it, right? Um, yeah. just because got a little Scoot Henderson rookie of the year stuff kind of brewing here. There's, there's um, we got a little on. we got a little Victor, uh, we got the field against Victor Wembyama and our friends over on FanDuel for rookie Maybe. of the year because we're kind of we're fading the Wembyama sweepstakes here. But um, <laughs> no, but in, in general, I just think on a high level summer league for as much as easy to poke fun of, like when the Nets games are kind of whatever, it is a very, it's a cool product
0: in the idea of it. Even if the basketball doesn't live up, does that make sense? Oh yeah. Well, by the way though, I mean, that doesn't matter. The the Brooklyn Nets have created such a plus minus gap over these last two victories, Doug, they're going on to the playoff four for the summer league. We're going to see these third quarters
1: can't third be in the exactly. third quarter. greatest third quarter the greatest third quarter team in the history of
0: summer league or just any basketball at any level yeah no that's been amazing but you know, like, by the yeah, way, no, you, god no no i i i agree because we always talk about the nfl has always talked about as being like you know they could put a fart out in an email and that's going to be the biggest news and everyone's going to flock to it and it's going to get retweeted and everyone's going to get a smell right but For the NBA to have actually cracked this and arguably maybe their all-star weekend now needs another tweaking here along the way. But they did a really good job of making themselves a a 365-day-a-year sport, right? Like coverage, content, all of that stuff. Not every sport cracks that. Baseball doesn't crack that. Hockey has a huge time struggling with that. So from that standpoint, yeah, you have people engaged and, and watching even if what? 80% of these dudes aren't going to come near whatever the goal or expectation is you might set for them in this summer season. Yeah, you're right. And that's the other thing, too, is that most
1: of these guys, the vast, vast, vast majority of these guys, you'll never hear from again. It's the summer league wash, rinse, repeat. Every year we talk about guys in summer league, and most don't make the NBA. Look, there's limited slots, and it's really hard. It's not like any of these guys' fault necessarily, but being the last 400 plus guys that are left to play with NBA teams is really, really hard. And there's a new crop that comes in every year. It's always just going to be super tough. So I think like from an effort standpoint, the effort from these guys, that's the other cool thing, even if the basketball is not perfect uh, and it's mm-hmm. far from perfect. And look, it, it, it's impossible to be perfect. These guys don't practice together. There's like, no, like they haven't done anything together. They're just kind of, they roll the balls out and they kind of see where <laughs> it lands. But like, um, but still I think even with that, like, just to go back to what I said at the beginning, from a personality and talent standpoint, they've done a good job of highlighting yep. of like, hey, these are the guys. Because here's the thing, too. As we think think of what happens in, like, maybe this is a perfect example, but NFL preseason where it's like you just can't even pay people to go to the games. Now, right. like, because the guys aren't going to play. And I get why the NFL does it. So it's not, I'm not even, like, just kind of giving them a hard time about it. Again, these games don't matter at all. And the gyms are packed for some of them packed, yeah. packed yeah. like like to the rafters because it's just fun because as the NBA is a personality and talent driven league among its superstars and getting your first crack at the superstars when they hadn't played anybody else yet is a very mm-hmm. cool thing to be able to witness. And the NBA has yeah. figured that out. So getting to watch scoot, getting to watch Wembenyama, getting to watch Brendan Miller, like I said, the Thompson twins and, um, I mean, even like Chet Holmgren was back in the court. He's looked yeah. really, really good. Uh, you know, for OKC, he's not technically a rookie, but he hurt his foot so early last season that you never got like into what he was gonna be able to do. Just some of the stuff we, we've been able to watch, I find it to be really, really cool, even if I'm not gonna drive tons of NBA takes from it. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think that it's worth watching because the spectacle to me outstrips whatever you think you lose from a basket, like, you know, just from a strict X's and O's basketball thing.
0: I agree with you. I think a good place to close out on too, because opinions about things that maybe don't really matter in season tournament. Do you, what is your take on it? Cause I actually think it's, I think it's great. And I think that people are going to be surprised how, how actually invested teams, certain teams, not every team in the league, but certain teams are going to be very invested in being able to put that on their resume of a season that isn't going to be championship driven. The Brooklyn Nets actually might fall into that category to me.
1: Yeah, I very much want to be in the group of it's definitely no harm in trying, right? Because right. and I, I think that the, if you're among the group that just wants to be like, it's stupid, it's ridiculous. And and without even giving a chance, I think that's like way too early of a take and really ground in nothing. It's like they're just trying to give you more basketball. I I don't know why anyone <laughs> right. would be mad about that. <laughs> Right. So it's like and it doesn't really cost much. And now I think the problem is that and I think this is a problem that the NBA is trying to solve and they haven't done it yet. It's like it's a it's a problem of their own creation in that. I think one of the reasons fans sort of clap back on ideas like this is because the NBA has done a bad job for as good as they do, like with summer league, whatever. They have done a bad job of incentivizing the regular season to make the fans feel like every game matters. And because that's definitely has not been the case for the NBA for, for years. I I think they've done some things that that make it better playing game helps. Like, and I know some of the stuff that's going into the contract in the CBA now is going to help where like, you're not going to be eligible for certain awards and whatever. This is all to say that I think the in game, the in-season tournament is an effort to begin to claw back some of the, the regular season, non playoff stuff matters. Mm -hmm. And Again, I think I think they and the players created it themselves, but I don't know why you'd be mad about like them trying it because right, it's like, like who cares? Cost the fans nothing. It costs it costs you the fan nothing to try to enjoy it because yeah. like not liking it literally gains you nothing right now. <laughs> like there's nothing to be gained from not liking it. Right? Does that make sense?
0: Of course. And that was my only thing. Like I, the way I looked at it was okay. Maybe out of these games, and they now build into the schedule that now have in the in-season tournament implications. Well, you're going to catch four or five more games that actually have a little more competitiveness or chippiness in the regular season than you maybe normally would, right? Like if you're someone who thinks they haven't been forcing the 82 games to truly matter during the year, here's a handful of games that actually will have significance. I think it'll be fun to watch to see if a young team that like is on the verge of turning the corner around the all-star break, they maybe win this. And then their second half of their season is more interesting. Like I, the effort to make regular season basketball more intriguing from a basketball or even story and narrative basis i think it's a good idea like and they said was it doesn't hurt to turn around in a year and cancel it but i think it's actually going to be a part of things like i think the brooklyn nets would be valuable if some young players contributed to them being involved in this in-season tournament yeah i just i think there's like
1: a certain class of fan well there's just a certain class of people that wants to instantly just think any change is bad right so i think like that is just a mindset some people have about literally everything right they like it's different and i don't like it and there's just there's infinity examples of this so it's not even worth it to go into but i do think some of that some of the the derision leveled toward it is mostly comes from that it's like it's different so i don't like it point that's it that's Mm -hmm. like all all i know about it is it's different because again (laughs) from a fan standpoint it's just mostly the same and a little more basketball like that's it right. <laughs> that, that's it and right. if your team takes it seriously it could be fun and if your team takes it seriously then maybe you get mad at your team for not taking it seriously because everyone can just choose to take it seriously too and maybe five years from now they say hey it's not really working and we're going to move away from it i think the i think basketball has proved i think the nba has done one thing pretty well over the last couple of years is recognizing areas of concern and trying to fix them like mm-hmm. getting the guys to play more regular season games they've done a good job i think of a lot of in-game stuff that has helped the game like the replay the take fouls like the flopping rule that just came out right like they yep. just they're they're really gonna just really try to hammer you if you're flopping great those things can make the game worse let's fix them <laughs> right and so i think from the <laughs> nba i, I do want to give the nba some of the benefit of the doubt of maybe saying hey we might have lost some of this stuff over the last couple of years and we're working on now sort of just like I said, clawing it back. Yeah. And I think that's commendable. This idea might stink. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I, it might be bad. We might get to the end of the year and be like, Ooh, that wasn't worth it. But right now there's no way, to, like <laughs> yeah. there's no way to know that now. So you might as well just see how it goes because it really doesn't yeah. cost you anything.
0: Yeah. One more game to go. One more exciting, intriguing, narrative driven game of basketball, even in the middle of summer for the Brooklyn Nets. We'll talk about that as the week closes out, obviously, and see if we get any other deeper confirmations around who's deserving that last roster spot for the Nets. All right. Really
1: appreciate the numbers over on On Nets have been incredible. I, I just can't even I, I really I, sometimes we have something planned for the end of the show. Adam's got his quotes. This part is usual. where we just say, that, hey, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe podcast, that we're going to do all that. I really do want to say, ap- along with the Summer League thing, we've just seen such growth around cont- continue people, YouTube, podcasts, Twitter, everything. The engagement so been so great, and we just really appreciate everyone that's been listening for a long time, because we know there's a lot of people like that, and the people that are coming new to the podcast too now, we're really, really appreciative. If you want to be part of that the easy ways to just have yourself reminded of when we're on subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. subscribe over to lockdown nets on YouTube, set the alerts. We're going to show up five days a week. And we're just really appreciative of everyone that's come on along with us. So make sure you
0: subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. One of the all time great American poets, Doug Norrie just showing the love and appreciation. You can take us out, Doug, but that's how I just pivoted right there. That's the quote. We'll be back tomorrow. Talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball, 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 basketball.